Hello Nigeria, hello Abuja. A good evening to you. Welcome to Data Chat, powered by NYPOS Limited. Data Chat is a platform where we analyze, interpret, discuss survey findings to further help policymakers in decision making. I am Basi Patricia Atim, Communications Officer, NYPOS Limited. It's cross blunder to theorize before one has data. At Data Chart, we analyze Our politicians are indulgent when it comes to dealing with crime. We interrogate We need to increase the strength of population. But right now, there are about 370,000 according to them. And uh, how do they cover Nigeria? We interpret And the Trafficking in Persons Law has said that you cannot use any child that is below 12 in any home as a domestic help. We help decision makers and you understand the numbers. 78% of citizens agree or strongly agree that the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes. Join the Data Chart conversation every Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Ray Power FM 100.5 Abuja. For inquiries and advert placement, call 0906-420-5487. Data Charts, powered by NOI Polls Limited. Welcome back. So on today's Data Chat edition, we'll be talking about a very important issue that is burning in Nigeria currently. I mean, it happens all around, but this focus is on Nigeria as a whole. There is a lifelong trauma that comes with gender-based violence, either for the victim or for the children raised in such environments. The United Nations defines domestic violence as a pattern of behavior in any relationship used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. On today's episode of Data Chat, we'll be focusing and discussing more on gender-based violence in Nigeria as a whole. So, it is, it is a known fact that gender-based violence is prevalent in Nigeria. A gender equality poll conducted by NYPOS in March 2022, earlier this year, shows, and this was also conducted in commemoration of the 2022 International Women's Day. And findings from the poll reported that 15% of Nigerians are of the opinion that curbing gender-based violence will help overcome gender equality in Nigeria. So this invariably makes gender-based violence a human rights violation, hence the need for appropriate legislation and sanctions for perpetrators to be employed. So this is a conversation we urge everyone to be a part of share call in share in your comments and let's hear from you um, today's episode will, will be focused on the afrobarometer round nine survey in nigeria on gender-based violence our focus will be on enforcement and rehabilitation afrobarometer is a pan-african non-partisan survey research network that provides um, reliable data on african experiences and evaluation of democracy, governance, and quality of life. And NYPOS is a national partner in Nigeria. I would also like to point out that this survey was not just conducted in Nigeria alone. The survey was also conducted in other African countries, including Nigeria. So findings from this poll, or the findings we'll be discussing, the survey findings we'll be discussing, will be that for Nigeria. So we'll be right back before we engage before we go right into the conversation. Welcome back to Data Chat. 
I am joined in the studio now with um, Gladys Emmanuel. She is advocacy officer and in-house lawyer at Tabitha Empowerment Center. So she will be joining us. She will be helping us to share and um, to share insights, to give perspectives on gender-based violence in Nigeria and generally as a whole. It's a pleasure to have you, Gladys. Thank you so much. So before we go right into the conversation before we talk about gender-based violence, which is, is a burning topic, if you would agree with me that it's a burning topic Certainly. in Nigeria currently and globally. So would have would our head of um, social research at NYPOS who will take us through the survey findings. His name is Mr. Raphael Mbebu. Thank you very much and good evening Nigerians. From Afrobarometer Ram 9 survey in Nigeria on gender-based violence, we had asked Nigerians a series of questions regarding gender-based violence, their perception, their experience, and what they feel should be done to address the issue of gender-based violence. We asked them, in your opinion, which are the following issues relating to women's rights and equality do you think is the most important for our government and society to address? So interestingly, we found that gender-based violence ranked third among the most important women's rights issues that Nigerian the citizens want their government and society to address. So some of the things they mentioned specifically are too few women in influential uh, positions in government need to be addressed. Unequal access to education was also flagged as an important area that needs to be addressed. Gender-based violence, of course, was mentioned to uh, as an important area that needs to be addressed either by government and by society. Unequal opportunity or pay in the workplaces was mentioned hugely. Unequal rights of property and ownership of inheritance was was also mentioned. So there are a few other things also that, but these are major things Nigerians feel should be addressed to better, you know, make women uh, position in the country safe. So um, we ask again in this area: How common do you think it is for men to use violence against women? and girls in their communities. Interestingly, we find out that majority of the respondents, 58%, says violence against women is not very common or not at all common in their community, but 41% and 45% of women disagree to this finding. We went forward again to ask Nigerians for each of the following actions. Please tell me whether you think it can always be justified, sometimes be justified or never justified for a man to use physical discipline on his wife if she has done something he does not like or think is wrong. We found that about 8 in 10 Nigerians, 79% says it is never justified for a man to physically discipline his wife. And then we found we had 10% who says uh, it's always Justified. So that shows that many Nigerians feel it is never justified for a man to use a physical discipline for his wife. Further questions were, if a woman in your community goes to the police to report being a victim of gender-based violence, for example, to report a rape or report being physically abused by her husband, how likely or unlikely is it that the following things might occur? She will be criticized, harassed, or be ashamed. The findings here shows that about half, 47% of the respondents we spoke to, consider it somewhat likely 
or very unlikely 28% that a woman will be criticized, harassed, or ashamed if she reports any, any incident of gender-based violence to authorities. Then far fewer than 24% says this is very unlikely. We went further again to ask about perception of the police in handling some of these issues when reported to them. So we asked if a woman in your community goes to the police to report being a victim of gender-based violence, for example, to report a rape or report being physically abused by her husband, how likely or unlikely is it that the following things might occur? Her case will be taken seriously by the police or not. So, and then we found that most respondents, 79%, believe that the police are likely to take the case very seriously. So this go, go back to the public perception about the police. Even though previous studies have shown some negative report about the police, but this finding is saying that more Nigerians believe that gender-based violence are most likely going to be taken seriously when reported to the police. So we give Nigerians opportunity to mention some of the things they feel is closest to their views. So we ask them which of the following um, issues are closest to your view. Domestic violence is a private matter that needs to be handled and resolved within the family. Or domestic violence is a criminal matter whose full resolution requires the involvement of law enforcement agencies. To third, Nigerians 68% say that domestic violence should be treated as a private matter to be resolved within the family rather than as a criminal matter. That goes back to the need for public sensitization about the issue of gender-based violence and how the people sees it, whether it's a criminal case or something that has to be handled within the family cycle. Thank you. Okay, so welcome back. That was Head Social Research at NYPO's uh, Mr. Raphael Mbebu talking us through the survey findings on gender-based um, violence. For more information on the survey findings, you can get the information on www.afrobarometer.org or www.noipose-pose.com. We can also follow our live updates on social media, that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at NYPose. The, this data chat conversation is also available as a podcast on Anchor. So you, ju you just search for data chat and you get um, a list of all our podcast series where you can listen to even previous poll findings that we had presented. Um, video recording of the data chat conversation as well is available on youtube.com slash NOIPOS. So as I had said earlier, with me in the studio is advocacy officer and in-house lawyer for Tabitha Empowerment Center in the person of um, Gladys Emmanuel. She would be sharing, um, we'll be getting more insights and she would be giving us her perspective. She would also be sharing the preferring solutions on the burning issue of gender-based violence. So it's a pleasure to have you again. Welcome. Thank you so much. All right. It's a rainy evening. Hope you didn't get drenched by the rain. Slightly. Oh, sorry yeah. about that. Thank you for making our time. So Nigerians condemn physical discipline, but see gender-based violence as a private matter. Gender I mean, gender-based violence generally, it isn't just limited to physical abuse. It also involves sexual abuse, harmful traditional practices like child marriage, etc. So like some, for you who is, I mean, let's get right into the conversation as an advocacy officer. I know that you've seen a lot of um, these um, cases happening. So, I mean, Africa remains 
the region with the highest rate of killings of women and girls by an intimate partner or a family member with 2.7 victims per 1,000 inhabitants. What are some of the harmful social and gender norms that perpetrate gender, inequ um, gender inequality and domestic violence generally? Because these are issues, yes. All right, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is patriarchy. Uh, many of us have heard it's a man's world. Mm. Um, we have this prevalence in our country, Nigeria, where we see lots of male dominance, male dominance in the home, male dominance outside the home, both in private and public life. So patriarchy is one of the reasons why we are where we are with the issue of gender-based violence. Mm. Another thing is um, some of our religious doctrines. Now, if people are one with their religion and if people are ruled by their religion, some of our religions foster um, gender-based violence indirectly they also foster the principles of patriarchy too where they they totally tell um, the female gender to oh you have to do xyz so that um, you show that um, the male is superior to mm. you or you show that the male is lord over you know some people misconstrue this particular ideology and then when a woman tries to come up with certain ideas or when she tries to rise above certain societal limitations it's often met with um strict mm. restriction such as physical abuse and the likes and then of course we have legislation which i cannot emphasize enough um some of our legislations kind of foster gbv or gender-based violence um for instance we have the sharia law um, which allows for weeping a man can flog his wife, provide that there's no physical injury, and then he uses this as a corrective measure. So when we take all of this and lay them on the table, we see that we are far away from what we want to achieve, but we are also a step um, in the right direction. Okay. Okay. So you had earlier then talked about um, religion. You had talked about tradition, and and you know um, our report still shows this um, Afrobarometer around nine survey findings also shows that about eight in ten Nigerians, that's seventy nine percent, say it's never justified for a man to physically discipline his wife. So I mean, they know these things that it's not okay to inflict physical harm on your wife i mean in as much as we are focused on the wife i think it also extends to your family member it could be your children it could be you know Definitely. so i mean when you you could start with children and then sometimes they even grow up believing that as a, the girl child as a wife she, she may believe that okay it's okay for physical violence to be for her to be physically abused so eight in ten nigerians 79 percent say that it's never justified for a man to physically discipline his wife however the prevalence rate shows this happens way too often in families so it's there's an bit, imbalance exactly it's a bit confusing you know that okay it's it, it's not justified it's not good for a man to physically abuse his wife and then we still have increasing cases so what do you think are the causes like what are the triggers for this why do we keep seeing this happen um so um first i go back to the laws again implementation we have so many laws um first we have our constitution then we have the violence against persons prohibition Act. then um also in lagos they have the protection against domestic violence law and there are so many other legislation criminal code and all of that but the culture of silence is prevalent hmm. so in as much as um these laws exist 
the fact that society tells the woman you need to keep quiet and you don't need to voice out what is happening you're supposed to protect the home at all costs it's also one of the reasons mm. uh, we've had series of i engage with victims and survivors on a daily basis and mm. one of the things that they say is that um when they come to report and then you want to take action either by filing a petition on their behalf or going to court and all of that one of the things that comes to mind is um i, I really don't want my family to hear about this mm. i don't want um, my church members to hear about this so it's about first the culture of silence that society has um over time indoctrinated the females with that you need to keep quiet and make it work at all costs then also i talked about implementation we have all of these laws but how well um does nigeria as a state implement these laws and the truth of the matter is that um it falls beyond or below expectation so for instance um there is there's violence in the home and then the woman rushes to the police station and the next thing she's told is ah madam it's a family matter go back and sort it out with your husband perhaps, i mean that's exactly what the poor findings perhaps you're not being submissive enough of exactly. saying something and you're trying to counter it so maybe that's why you got that um reaction so go back and make it work mm. so it's prevalence of um culture of silence which is prevalent and mm. then the lack of implementation and also dismissive attitudes sometimes of mm -hmm. the key stakeholders in um, the gbv space such as um, some of the law enforcement or even um some of law enforcement or even traditional gatekeepers as mm. the case may be sometimes these cases are taken to traditional rulers now these people know little or nothing about um how cases of gbv should be handled because well, okay so we'll get right back to that and um, okay. talking about um first point of calling cases of incidents of um, domestic violence however i would still like to um i want us to still focus on the vape act okay. so i would like you to talk us um talk to us about the violence against persons prohibition act that's the vape act which was passed in 2015. so i believe that act provides protection for a wide range of um violence, um, violence against, against women yes including domestic violence and all of that so how often are perpetrators like talk us about talk to us about this um vape act and how often are um perpetrators persecuted when we look at the judicial system generally that's one and then when you you talked about implementation so in hand how All do right. we uh, um so first and foremost the vape act was enacted in 2015 under the administration of president good luck ability jonathan now it's seen as one of the most progressive pieces of legislation because mm -hmm. it provides for not just domestic violence now it provides for all forms of violence against persons so we are looking at sexual violence we're looking at physical violence we're looking at emotional or psychological violence we're also looking at issues of economic deprivation and the likes um, it also provides for punishment which is what we don't often see in some of these um, other legislations um, even for the offense of rape it also provides it also provides for that then as per implementation or have we seen perpetrators mm. uh, being sent to jail yeah, or facing yes. the full arm of the law oh, yes. unfortunately we have more um, more of these cases of gbv being committed but we have almost almost a nine percent um persecution rate and some of the societal factors some of societal factors um contribute to this particular 
challenge that we are facing. Okay. People don't want to come out to talk about it. Um, they are afraid that they'll get a clap back from society or sometimes they feel what's the right channel to go to or the dismissive attitude like I mentioned earlier mm. are some of the things that hamper um, the, in the rate of, of um, people that face the full arm of the law. Of the law. Yes. All right. Okay. All right, Abuja, if you're listening or just tuned in, we've been talking about gender-based violence with focus on enforcement and rehabilitation so we'll be open up opening up the phone line soon we would like to hear from you what are the factors responsible for increasing cases of gender-based violence how do we begin to sensitize citizens how do we begin to let them know there are dangers attached to such acts what are the long-term effects as well as enforcement of laws to mitigate them um, such issues so before we open the phone lines we would go on a short break like i said we have we have a representative from tabita empowerment center so if you want to call in to share your thoughts to be a part of the conversations the numbers to call is 081 8427027 I'll take it again 0814270287 so we would like to hear from you Tabitha Empowerment Center presents the Empower Her Initiative and Anti-Gender-Based Violence Campaign. From February 2022, this initiative will be targeting eight communities and schools with advocacy sensitization messages and support for survivors of gender-based violence. This project will also be empowering widows and providing educational support for vulnerable children. For more information, call our hotlines on 0813 1903 or 0803-300-9889 or visit our website at ng or you can send us an email at tabithaempowermentcenter at gmail.com or reach out to us on any of our social media handles at Tabitha Empowerment Center on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. This project is proudly sponsored by the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. All right, welcome back. So like I said, we'll, we'll be opening up the phone lines for you to call in and be a part of the conversation. We are talking about um, gender-based violence, our focus on the conversation is enforcement and rehabilitation so to call in to be a part of the conversation the numbers to call 081 8427027 i'll take it again 081 8427027 you can also call in on 081 8427026 081 So I'm glad this why we are waiting for people to call in, where we are waiting to hear Nigerians speak and share their views on gender-based violence. So um, it was interesting to also see that um, Nigeria ranks 
um, the report shows Nigeria ranks gender-based violence as the third top three women rights issues. So when, we, when the survey was conducted, Nigerians had um, gender-based violence came up third as some of the women rights issues Nigerians want government and the society to address. And gender-based violence came up third after we had few women in influential positions in government, which is something we hear every other day, on equal access to education. So, okay, sorry, let's hold that thought. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Data Chat. Your name and where you're calling from? Uh, good evening. My name is Michael. I'm calling from Lugbe. Okay, my, hi, Michael. It's nice to have you on Data Chat. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I listened to your program. Uh, it was very interesting. So, um, gender-based violence, like you have stated, are important issues that are that needs to be addressed in the country. So, um, I like what NIPOS is doing. It's just to say uh, kudos to your efforts, and I hope Nigerians are listening. Because so gender-based violence, of course, like I said, is an important issue that has been worrying everyone in the country. So, thank you so much for your for your efforts. All right, the numbers to call still is 081-8427-0287, 081-8427-0287. Alternatively, you can also call 081-8427-0265, 081-8427-0265. So, yes, um... Gladys, so I was saying that Nigerians want governments to address issue of um, gender based violence. So you are on the field, you see these happenings, you see these things happen every day. So do you think this is a true reflection of the Nigerian situation in terms of prevalence rates? Why should we be concerned? So first things first, I'm surprised that gender based violence is ranking third mm. because um, at the bottom, when at the heart of gender based violence is um, the first two um, concerns that were raised, too few women in influential positions and unequal access to education. Exactly. Because, I mean, when you have GBV in place, there's really not so much that um, young girls can do, especially mm. in certain parts of the country, mm. um, to access education because mm. we have these principles of patriarchy, some of the suppressive doctrines and all mm. of that. So I think, first of all, we need to deal with gender-based violence okay. and every other thing would fall in place. Mm. Okay. All right. Interesting. So, as um, I mean, still on on this, how to deal with these issues? How to what's the best approach? What's the best way we can tackle domestic violence? But the 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 confusion or where there seems to be an imbalance is that we all know that domestic violence, gender based violence, is a very um, what's the word now? Basically, gender-based violence isn't, we don't encourage, it shouldn't be encouraged. It's not something anyone should have to go through. However, more than two-thirds, findings from the poll also show that more than two-thirds, 68% of Nigerians say that domestic violence should be treated as a private matter. So when we have people still saying this, how, how do we address 
this like it's almost difficult when you have nigeria saying that domestic violence is a private matter and it should be resolved within a family rather than a criminal matter that involves law enforcement agencies we know that most gender-based um violence cases go unreported because of perceptions like this like majorly um, because family issues hence they decide okay it's a family issue we should you know settle it amongst ourselves so how much does this culture how much does this perception like how and when we go on like this how how difficult does it make it in addressing these issues in curbing the prevalence of gender-based violence especially when it comes to the role culture and religion play towards that so um, if someone is saying domestic violence or gender-based violence needs to be handled within the confines of the home, it means that they haven't thoroughly understood what gender-based violence means. I hope um, we are aware that people die from gender-based violence mm. and we all are humans and humans are entitled to what is called human rights. Now these rights are basic. In some countries you don't need to stress yourself so much about it. These rights include right to life, um, right to dignity of human person, freedom from oppression and all of that. So if someone is saying um, settle within the home, it means that you're saying all the basic principles of human rights that we have are to be tossed aside because then um, anybody can do anything they like and then get to settle it. Um, there's so many things. You mentioned religion, which is a part of a very serious issue especially in this part of the world um you've also mentioned the prevalence of um, silence the fear of being judged and all of that so overall people shouldn't keep silent about issues of gender-based violence they should speak up and some of the ways to address these issues number one we have advocacy um which is what i like to do every time um other people to engage in it and um, what it means is you have this ideology and you're trying to persuade members of the public to buy into these ideologies. Now, in some parts of the world, I think Australia, if I'm very correct, they have flagged up um, issues of GBV. In fact, they have called a state of emergency on gender-based violence. So it means that this is, this is a global issue. It's not something that should be handled with kids' gloves, but it's quite unfortunate uh, we have the reverse in this, um, in this uh, beloved country. country. Yes. Mm. So still speaking about um, fear of being judged, and fear of being tagged when cases of when people report incidents of gender-based violence i mean from the findings we had also seen that respondents um consider that the chances of a, a victim being shamed when he or she, she he or she because it's safe to say that it affects both gender when he or she goes to make a complaint we found um for seven percent of respondents um, of 47%, 28% said somewhat likely for a victim to be shamed when they go to report a case. We had 19% who said, okay, let's take this call. We'll be right back. Hello, good evening. It's Data Chat. Your name and where you're calling from? Oh, okay. So we lost that call. Um, please do call us back. You can still get through to us on 081-8427-0287 alternatively you can call us on 081-8427-0265 081-8427-0265 
So yes, as I was saying that most of these cases, um, they refuse to report or they shy away from going to complain because of being shamed. So why is it why is it frowned at for a person who is being violated? Your life is at risk, and then someone goes to complain and you're shaming the person or you're being judgmental. I like to think it's a matter of life and death, right? So how do we begin to you know address um these things especially when it comes to life life being threatened hello good evening welcome to data chat your name and where you're calling from please my name is armstrong sorry please can you turn down the volume of your radio set okay 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 can you hear me now yes perfectly thank you um your name and where you're calling from please Armstrong, Oklahoma. Hi, Armstrong. So let's hear from you. What do you have to say about gender-based yes. violence? I want to look at the issue of enforcement. Okay. And the level of knowledge which those who enforce the law have of the law they need to enforce. For instance, you have the VAP Act. How many of your police officers are fairly aware of the existence of that act? You see some cases being enforced under the penal code or the criminal code. The VAP Act has made some progressive provisions. But sometimes when you look at the judgment, you find out that they are not reflecting to a large extent to what the law says. We want to see cases where, in line with the VAP Act, compensations are paid. That is yet to begin to happen. I wouldn't know how many lawyers that graduated after 2016 were thought of rape in the context of the provisions of the VAP Act. So I will advocate that steps be taken to engage those who are responsible for giving effects to these laws. I wouldn't know how many faculties that study this law are aware. So they should press on to those faculties, find out to make sure that those individuals, those lawyers, you'll be shocked that even some judges might not be aware of some of these provisions. Yes. So I would rather advocate that we look closely at the police, the courts, the law students and those that are actually enlightened. Some CSOs. By the time we enrich their knowledge base with these laws and then follow up on the application, then we can be rest assured that the laws are not just there on paper, they are being implemented. So I appreciate what you're doing, Tabita, and uh, I will advocate that you take a closer look the knowledge base of those whose responsibilities it is to look closely at those laws and give effect to them so that we don't end up having encyclopedia compiling laws and people are still suffering from that same mischief with the laws are meant to address thank you very much it's a pleasure having you all right hello your name
Hello, good evening. This is James from Yanya. I've been listening to the program, and uh, yes, I think uh, I, I heard where it was mentioned that um, if you if you leave um, reporting, if you, if you leave the issues to be handled by the family, then it means you don't know how dangerous uh, gender-based violence is. Uh, that may be true on the one hand, uh, but I think uh, our society too tries to encourage um, uh, or tries to respect the sanctity and, and sanctimoniousness of, of you know family. So I think I think that's a good thing. It helps to uh, foster and encourage uh, the the threads of the family. The, the, you know, so I, I think it's, it's something worth noting and something that should be also encouraged. Uh, there's, there's a fine balance between um, knowing when uh, to let the, let the police come in and uh, let the family handle it. I think there's a fine balance and I think it's not, uh, it is advisable not to just throw the option of letting uh, the family handle or resolve the matter uh, completely. Thank you. Um, glad is back to you. So the previous caller had talked about knowledge base. That's how many lawyers, those who are responsible for enforcing these laws, those who implement these laws, how much knowledge do they have about on executing this? So it's more or less like each person knowing his role and how to come in. So what do you have to, he, he's also talking about if it's even in the curriculum, curriculum in law school, right for lawyers who actually come in and advocate i mean you're an in-house lawyer for tabita, tabita. empowerment yes. so can you okay, so first things first the way the um legal system works in nigeria mm. when there is a domestic law for instance vape mm. act um various houses of assembly need to pass those laws okay. so um failure for them to pass those laws it means those laws are ineffective in those particular states mm -hmm. so for instance um we have vape acts active in abuja and some other states about 22 or 25 states now have passed it but the remaining states haven't passed it it means that if a case of maybe rape is um, taken to any of the states that haven't passed um, the vape act they might treat it under depending if it's the north now they might treat it under the penal code and of mm. course, we know that the punishment um, the Vape Act would prefer and that of the penal code would be different. Now, talking about um, the awareness creation, one thing my organization has done, especially in this year, is we're able to train frontline officers, anti-gender-based violence community champions. So we mm. picked these people from various communities across FCT. And what we did is we brought, um, we brought some professionals to come talk to them one of um the group or the team of professionals were a team of lawyers and they dwelt extensively on the provisions of the vape act mm -hmm. now these people were are common people from communities but after these three months of intensive training i bet you they are able to explicitly tell you in much depth about the vape act and also put it into work mm. so um first things for the legal system that hampers this so the fact that there's a law doesn't mean it worked equal equally across um the board so um that's one challenge on the one hand but i'm sure that other csos in states that the vape act has been passed i'm sure they are making um, taking steps 
to ensure that people get acquainted. I mean, um, International Federation for Women Lawyers, FIDA, is one um, organization, too, that tries to provide sensitization around the VAPE Act. They've mm. done that um, in various states across the Federation and it's still ongoing. So, in essence, there's a high, there's pretty much a high level of sensitization when it comes to gender-based violence. Definitely. Okay. All right, great. So, I mean, when we look at how... Okay, before we look at that, let's just quickly talk... Um, before we wrap up the conversation, let's just quickly talk about rehabilitation. We know that gender-based violence affects one's physical, sexual, and even mental health, Definitely. which is very key to, for, to realizing one's ability and even function effectively so as an advocacy officer i mean um, are there known agencies or centers that focus on rehabilitating victims who have gone through these horrific experiences not just victims who have gone through these experiences but victims who are aware of gender-based violence but i mean like looking at the proportion of those who believe that gender-based violence should be treated within the, the, the yes yeah, so i feel i think such persons should also be should also go through some form of um not just sensitization but you know rehabilitation because it's like you're going through you're constantly going through a vicious circle yes yeah, so how how do we um so one thing most ngos have is um it's called shelter for some they target safe spaces now mm -hmm. these safe spaces are places that you take persons who have gone through depending on the form of abuse. Mm -hmm. Now, they keep them there for a particular period of time, depending on severity of the abuse. One thing they have access to is they have access to a psychologist or a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, another thing they have access to is, for some, they get like daily counseling, um, they also get talks on empowerment and all of that. So that, that is part of the rehabilitation process. I know in Abuja, um, organizations like Dorothy Njemanzi Foundation, Daughters of Abraham, and the likes have safe spaces. I think there's also safe space at NAPTIP, but although um, that's classified and I think it's for specific categories of persons. Mm. So it's not like someone is going through GBV and then there is nothing to do for the person. There are these mm. safe spaces. There's also... Um, the psychosocial support that's been offered to victims or survivors. Victims are people who are currently going through gender-based violence and survivors are people who have come out of gender-based violence. Truth of the matter is, even if someone has gotten out of that abusive situation, um, the, the marks are still there, both physically, medically, and um, otherwise. Okay, so um, what are the key challenges and the gaps towards complete eradication of gender-based violence in the society and the country as a whole? So first things first, there's no enough awareness. There's a need to intensify efforts. Mm. Um, you go to some of these communities and you are met with restriction. They tell you head on, we don't want this kind of messages. So there's a need for us to, to engage more with traditional gatekeepers because these are the people that are able to, once they give us access, the rest is very easy. So there's a need to sensitize them, perhaps on a national level, get a meeting for them and explain to them the dangers of gender-based violence. Another gap is implementation of our laws, like I've explained before. Okay. Then we have dismissive attitude of law enforcement um, agencies and we have the presence of harmful cultural practices, for okay. such as female genital mutilation, mutilation. Um, forced marriage, forced abortion, mm. um, rape, 
and you just name it. Okay. So lastly, before we let you go, I mean, it's been a really interesting conversation. Um, when we look at domestic violence as a whole, domestic violence undermines households, economic security, quality of life, limiting the effectiveness of programs to improve well-being and capabilities in communities. So how do we change this for better in terms of ge development generally? I think first and foremost, we all need to understand that it's our collective responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the NGOs alone. It's not also the responsibility of um, the legislature alone. It's our collective responsibility. So the media, those in law enforcement, the medical doctors, um, the market woman, the bus conductor, the bus driver, everyone needs to understand that it is our collective responsibility. Don't look at it as, oh, it's an all-female affair because that's the look I always get every time we go for community sensitizing. Oh, it's all about women. women. No. Yeah. Then we make them understand that men also go through gender-based Based violence. violence. However, society has so constructed the male folks to believe that um, you cannot voice out what um, you're going through because it's deemed as you being weak. Okay. Okay. So just in 30 seconds, tell us about um, Tabitha Empowerment Center for um, anyone listening in and doesn't really know what Tabitha Empowerment Center is and how what you guys do. All right. Tabitha Empowerment Center is a non-governmental and not-for-profit organization that is um, targeted towards eliminating domestic violence through advocacy, sensitization and awareness creation, provision of psychosocial support, sheltering and also welfare services for widows we equally provide educational assistance for indigent children we are active on all social media handles and um we currently have two main projects running in abuja which is the empower high initiative project and the anti-gender based violence campaign oh nice it would be nice to also be a part of that i mean to also push in and lending a voice towards gender-based um, violence so abuja you've heard it all we had um, Ms. Gladys Emmanuel, Advocacy Officer and In-House Lawyer, Tabitha Empowerment Center. In societies, though a varying in varying degrees, women and girls are subjected to physical, sexual and psychological abuse. And this cuts across lines of income, class, culture and I mean everyone. So this begs the question, how do we break the circle? It takes only one voice. According to Kofi Annan, Violence against women is perhaps the most shameful human rights violation and it's perhaps the most pervasive. As long as it continues, we cannot claim to be making real progress towards equality, development and peace. It is data chat powered by NYPOS. Do join us same time, same station next week to discuss findings, interesting findings at that. I am Basi Patricia Atim, Communications Officer, NY Post Limited. Do have a wonderful weekend and bye for now.